This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 585 This episode was pre-recorded. Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Let's all take our seats. It's Crisis 309, Genesis, not the band. This is how I got my wife to read comics. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. You can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and maybe leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. We are taping in advance as we cover DC's crossover events. Now, we've reached 1997 and Genesis, a four-issue miniseries with accompanying tie-in issues. During the mid-90s, DC was getting, in a sense, rather religious. Asriel, who for a short period took over the role of Batman with a zealot of St. Dumas, Zoriel, an actual angel, became a JLA member. The Spectre was being played up as having direct connections to God. So, as a miniseries about God's and superheroes fit in well. Genesis number one of four, written by John Byrne, penciled by Ron Wagner, inked by Joe Rubenstein, colors by Patricia Mulliville, lettered by Clem Robbins, assistant editor Jason Hernandez-Rosenblatt, and editor Paul Kupperberg. A flash of light appears over the world, and we're told, this is how it begins, with uncertainty and fear. In Keystone City, Flash, Wally at this point, is chasing a missile shot at a bank by some goons when he starts losing speed. He's forced to throw a trash can at it to send it off course. In New York, Green Lantern Kyle is fighting Sonar all 90'd up when his ring fizzles out while Sonar amps up. It suddenly switched back and Kyle wraps him up. Apparently, he's been having ring issues during this time, so he doesn't think much of it. In Gateway City, a SWAT team is sending their best man down a rope to stop a gunman when the cop is inundated in fear and doubt. The other cops break in and stop the gunman. In Fawcett City, Captain Marvel crashes into a car. His flying ability seems to go away. In Happy Harbor, the Legion of Superheroes, still trapped in the 20th century, is trying to prevent a dam from collapsing when some of their powers cut out while the others get amped up. In Metropolis, the Man of Steel, currently the Man of Electricity, wearing a suit that contains his energy form, don't ask, has his new powers go berserk. Later, at the Daily Planet, Lois notes that heroes and villains are all having power issues. Clark is worried. Meanwhile, in the new merged world of Apocalypse and New Genesis, hate to have property on the border, Highfather is asked if he's responsible for power sources shifting. He is not. The new gods assume it's Darkseid. Cut to the JLA Watchtower, where the team notes that Aquaman doesn't seem to be affected, aliens, Martian Manhunter, Superman are, and GL's ring is affected. Batman is looking into it. 
The Young Heroes, a title-slash-team of the time, and Jack Knight's Cosmic Rod are affected, as are many of the Speedsters. Non-powered heroes are asked to step in and cover for the metas. Tachyon of the New Gods goes over to Apocalypse and finds it deserted. Donna Troy checks in on Kyle, they were recently an item, and finds him gone. He's on the Watchtower, where they have not found a single cause of the issue. Dr. Faulkner at Star Labs notes that a strange type of background radiation has changed because of another front of radiation that has passed over Earth twice in the distant past. Supergirl, who is currently an Earth angel, see, religion, is somehow unaffected while Superman is. Batman checks in. The reason Supergirl is not affected is because she came from another dimension. Huh? Oh, and suddenly there is an alien armada. Genesis number two of four with the same creators. A quick recap page brings us back to the Armada. They need to spring into action, but that's a problem sans powers. It's agreed they will use the Watchtower's teleporter to get back down to Earth and somehow fight off an invasion. Back on New Genesis, they finally come to the conclusion that maybe Darkseid is not responsible for all the power issues. An old man, Arnaz, walks into the room and proceeds to transform into one of the old ones, a.k.a. the Old Gods. He's been watching the New Gods as they muddled their way through all the trials the universe has cared to place before them and has decided to step in personally to warn them of the potential end of the Fourth World long before the Fifth World is ready. Back on Earth, humanity is freaking out at the alien ships blanketing the sky. Members of a band are in a throng, and one of them has a secret. She left the academy to find her father, and a blue light appears before her. Now, just a second on this. I had noted that that's never referenced again, at least in this main book. So I have to believe there's a tie-in. Maybe this is the start of some other book. Oh, well, maybe you should figure that out. <laughs> but it's just like, okay, that's nice, and then we'll never hear from that again. Meanwhile, back in Gateway City, police are trying to quell a panicked mob when Artemis, who apparently just arrived in a canoe, kicks some ass. She, Donna Troy, and Queen Hippolyta are there to fight the aliens. They are unaffected by the power issues since they never had powers to begin with. We learn that all the other Amazons, including Diana, have been reverted back to clay, I assume in another tie-in issue. Cut to West Virginia, where a group of people I would probably recognize in the 90s walk into town. They find a church packed to the rafters, as everyone has a sense this is the end of the world. Cut to Hawaii, where Superboy was dropped off, waiting for the attack to begin. Instead, his Ravers team, a comic at the time, pops in and teleports them all to the source of the issue, a mysterious off-panel being. They wonder if this is actually God. Cut to Gotham, where Robin, Huntress, and Catwoman commiserate. They all feel like their spirits and nerve have been drained. At the White House, the JLA meets with the President, clearly Clinton, and the Joint Chiefs. The U.S. is ready to fire their nuclear arsenal at the aliens, but Superman and Batman talk them out of it. It's agreed that a contingent of metas will go and talk with the aliens. Superman, Martian Manhunter, G.L. Kyle, Supergirl. Meanwhile, the aliens attack. It appears to be Darkseid's forces. Parademons attack the Teen Titans jet. This is the nearly unrecognizable 90s team. The LSH fights Mantis. Aquaman fights someone from the Deep Six. 
The Sovereign Seven fights the Female Furies. These are a ton of check-ins for 90s teams that have since gone nowhere. Cut to the hero team, who see the attacked and try to defend Earth, while John slips into the main ship, only to find the Dark Stars and the Omega Men. Are they behind this attack? They are convinced Earth is the source of the power issues and decides it must be destroyed. High Father brings everyone together and provides some backstory. An ancient world once blew up and sent a god wave throughout the universe. The first pass created the gods old and new. Once it bounced back from the edge of the universe, it came through again and created all the various forces that power metas, the speed force, the quantum field, the green lantern rings. Now the wave is returning to its starting point, and as it recedes from the universe, powers go haywire and people lose faith. Once it gets there, the wave will explode out again, wiping out the universe, and a new and terrible fifth world will be born in its place. Some quick plot wallpapering to explain how some metas were affected and some not, and then we learn that Darkseid is planning to control the god wave and take over. If this seems like a lot of info to convey, it is, and it came mostly via text. Hey, John Byrne, it's a comic book. Show, not tell. Is all hope lost? Well, High Father happens to have limited edition mother boxes that can give a few of the heroes their powers back to fight Darkseid. Kyle whips up some green straws so they can draw lots. Genesis number three of four with the same creators. So, the whole team is transported to the source wall, where there's now a convenient platform, normally touching the wall pulls you into it. Darkseid is there to greet them and provides yet more backstory. The ancient world that blew up was the home of the old gods and ended the second world. The god pantheons that we know were created by the god wave and formed the third world. Otherwise, it's more recap. While the heroes debate the best way to attack Darkseid, he walks through a door in the source wall and his forces fight the heroes. Tachyon and Metron pluck the heroes who picked the short straws and got mother boxes out of the fight. Flash, Mary Marvel, Donna Troy, Hippolyta, Steel, Warrior Guy Gardner, Lightning Lass, Saturn Girl, and Adam. And some 90s characters I do not recognize. Hmm. Metron tells them that the main fight is hopeless and the only thing to do is to enter the source wall, which Tachyon believes it wants them to do. The wizard Shazam shows up to help, and they approach the wall in a bubble. Back on Earth, the Bat Team has basically given up while the source wall fight rages on. Meanwhile, Darkseid tells Desaad to find him in the infinity of the source. Spectre pops in to caution Darkseid, since who he seeks is a dark god. Darkseid ignores him, so Spectre goes ahead and slips into the source wall, causing the universe to pause for a moment. Yet another old man arrives here to talk to Darkseid. He is Arnaz's opposite number on God World and is here to make sure Darkseid succeeds while leaving the cosmos intact. Suddenly, the entire universe hears a sound. It is the source screaming and causing immense catastrophes. Is the source dying? No. The God Wave is nearly back at its starting point, causing immense pressure within the source and ejecting the heroes that entered it. Tachyon, now in human form, appears to be dead. The rest watch in horror as the source wall explodes. Isn't that the thing that caused the whole Dark Knight's Metal event? 
Genesis number four of four, Noel Giddings took over from Matricia Mulliville on Colors. The first three pages are all about how the end of civilization has been described throughout history, and now we get to see it. We go back to the heroes on the platform as they watch the source wall blow up. The specter zooms by. No, cannot stay, cannot speak. The heroes that went into the source wall and were ejected are asked what they saw. Tachyon was able to channel the power of the source and break them in, only to be scattered by the god wave. A massive purple being was there, ready to absorb the god wave, and then they were all ejected, with Tachyon killed in the attempt. Tachyon, 1996-1997, R.I.P. Orion, when did he show up, is convinced the purple being is Darkseid, but Arnez detects that Darkseid is still outside the wall. Speaking of Darkseid, he's still arguing with the old guy who tells him that another being is still inside seeking ultimate power. Desaad notes that reality has been torn, and Darkseid replies that they will only have a nanosecond in which to act as the god wave comes out. Meanwhile, Metron confirms to the heroes that there is another being inside the wall, Ares. Darkseid preps for the god wave while Arnez and his opposite have a chat. They agree that the planned flow of history cannot stand, so we shall see what can be made of the cloth of Ragnarok. One of the ravers has the ability to teleport and takes the heroes to the fight with Darkseid. He's only interested in his quarry, Ares, now trapped in cosmic amber. Darkseid turns to the heroes and lays it all out. Arnez and his opposite are ready to duke it out in front of the frozen Ares. This will be the ultimate test of heroes, and it requires that... Every thinking creature in the universe must be prepared to face oblivion. If one falters, all will be lost. Conveniently, the source can be used to bring the entire universe into a kumbaya moment. The will of the universe is used to direct the god wave at the combined apocalypse new genesis, which splits them back into two worlds. Arnez sacrifices himself and his opposite in order to ensure victory. Sounds like Byrne was asked by an assistant, what about these guys? The totality of this event is so immense that no one can keep it in their heads, and so it fades from memory, leaving a sense of good faith. The source wall is conveniently restored, and Metron teleports everybody back, noting that that while things have been restored, much has changed. The end. Like all crossover events of this era, there's a bunch of tie-in issues. Action Comics number 738, Adventures of Superman 551, Aquaman Volume 5, number 37, Azrael number 34, Batman number 547, Green Lantern Volume 3, number 91, Impulse number 30, Jack Kirby's Fourth World number 8, Legion of Superheroes Volume 497, Lobo number 44, The Power of Shazam number 31, Resurrection Man number 6, Robin Volume 4, number 46, Sovereign 7, number 27, The Spectre, Volume 3, number 58, Starman, number 35, Steel, number 43, Superboy and the Ravers, number 14, Supergirl, Volume 4, number 14, Superman, Volume 2, number 128, Superman, the Man of Steel, number 72, Teen Titans, Volume 2, number 13, Wonder Woman, Volume 2, number 126, Zero, number 6, and Young Heroes in Love, number 5. In our next class, we're off to the 853rd century. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. 
subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.